Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello everyone, welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. We've got an excellent show for you lined up this week. But Josh, I feel like I should let the people know last week we had Sarah Pavan on and not that many people know that we did that. So check out that episode if you haven't already. Sharp Cuts Volleyball on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, comment down below. Let us know if you have any thoughts for our guest this week and it's going to be a doozy. I don't know, we'll see. Um, this week we got Tom Sora and Colton Liu. Welcome to the show, boys. Great to see you. Thanks for coming out. Tom, Calgary Dinos, um, Colton, UBC Thunderbirds, I guess. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, Colton, you can go first if you want, man. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us. I'm super excited to be on this. Really? Be like, are you a huge fan of the <laughs> show? Mean, oh, yeah. I've, I've watched a total of, I don't know, two minutes of it, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be. So how can you be super excited, Colton? Immediately, <laughs> immediately with a fib right off the bat. So that's setting the tone. Okay. And Tom already being too nice. Like, do you not, you've been on the show before, Tom, you know how it works. Oh, you can go for No, you knew you were going to, you were, you were setting him up for failure, weren't you? A hundred percent. I know how it works. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Nice. Well, let's get into the show. Um, Josh, I feel like you should at least just say something to let our fans know that you are on the call because last week, Pavin buried you with a nice sharp cut that asking, do you even participate? So I'm still not sure. How are you doing? Yeah, I feel like I was outnumbered last week with you and Sarah both sassy. Oh, we I, I got two good guests, Garrett. I feel like it's going to be a very cooperative. If anything, we might bury you, but I feel what? safe in this space right you, now. I feel you texted these guys and said, hey, let's get ready to three guy team up on Garrett, didn't you? We'll see. We'll see. Okay, well, I hope not. Um, anyways, do I have notes? Maybe. I don't know. I'll let you be the judge. Comment down below if I had notes or not. Um, okay, so first thing we want to get into with you guys, because we got two guys who are on different teams, obviously, playing in the U-Sport League here in Canada. Can West, both of you guys. Um, hey, welcome to the show. If you didn't know, we talk about Canadian volleyball and stuff like that, so I don't know what you're doing otherwise. But the big thing that I think would, is cool, it would be cool to talk about with you guys is the ranking systems for the top 10 and how they determine that stuff, because they do it. They put out a top 10 pretty much every week based on teams who haven't played each other and they arbitrarily rank them. Is this something you guys pay attention to? Do we even care? Or is that something that's like, yeah, no, we wait for those rankings to come out? Um, honestly, I, I don't care about it. <laughs> I know it's kind of all over the place and there's a lot of controversy. You don't even care a little bit? Not really, because we know that the system, I don't know how they rank it. I know that they put value to certain teams that are like lower. They put different, yeah, everyone's valued differently, right? You could you could 3-0 a team back-to-back nights, but if they're low rankings, it really doesn't do anything to yours. So, uh, yeah, I don't really follow it that much. I just think it's funny. Yeah. The, the first time I actually saw the ranking was, I think it was like last week when we were ranked 10th or whatever. I'm like, I didn't even know we were doing that this year. Um, cause I know in previous years we've done it and like, there's so much weight into it every year is be like, Oh, someone moved up a little bit, but honestly, I had no idea how that worked either. So well, is that a big thing? Like in past years though, cause this has been a weird year where you have not only do you have teams not playing each other, but you have most of the league not playing each other. So how are you trying to judge these teams who literally never <laughs> see each other? Cause we're not crossing too many borders and stuff like that. But I guess in years past, is it something we wait for and we're like, see like, Ooh, where are we at? Yeah. I well, definitely think that. I, for me personally, like I like to keep track of it week by week. Uh, oh, yeah. It was it was cool to see the because it showed like the records of each team too, and like you probably played one of, or uh, most of them already. So it was I don't know. It was it seemed like there was more weight, but then when I see a team like Calgary, who I I don't know, I've never played this season. So I don't know if they're good. Um, kind of wow. like, I don't yeah, know, we don't know if they're good us, either. You, know? you don't know. When you got a, when guy, got a guy like Tom playing left side, and they, they yeah, it stuff. sounds like a complete joke over there. If you ask me. We're just throwing guys on right now, so we'll find out. Yeah. Well, I mean, for our fans who are really too lazy to go look up the rankings, which I don't blame you, um, <laughs> currently Calgary is in seventh at 11 and five. That's the rank. You're 11 and five, and UBC is in eighth at nine and five. So, I mean, now below you is Brock at six and two. So I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know how you compare those things at all. Like, is six and two? I mean, is that better than nine and five, 11 and five? I don't know. Like, how does that make any sense? So Alberta's who's ahead the team you guys effect at being the three. algorithm? I think it's Fraser Valley. Let's just make a sharp cut, Garrett. I think Fraser Valley is having no effect on the algorithm, and that's why UBC thumping them had no change in it. It probably dropped them in the ranking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, okay, so Trinity's at 14 and 0. So, I mean, is that an obvious number one? But you also have McMaster at 9 and 0. How do you evaluate that? Like, how do these people make these decisions? Do we even know how they judge this? I think we should do a ranking, Derek, because this is a great way to start controversy, because you can honestly just make it up and get people like talking about it. But we we would have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) Sounds like they don't either. (laughs) Well, yeah, we'll just look at the numbers, we'll look at the records, put all the undefeated teams at the top arbitrarily. Then everybody with one loss next, then two losses. Then three losses. I mean, if you have five losses, sorry, you guys. Like, you're off the list. Yeah, should they do it based off of wins or based off of losses? Who knows? I don't know. Or I mean, together. That's a great question because, like, I mean, how do you compare 11 and 5 to 6 and 2, though? No clue. And I don't like, even know impossible. who block plays. Like, do they – I know that they split East and West now for OUA. So, what? Like, who's even considered East and West? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like – Winnipeg is in 10th, but they've played two teams only, right? It's Three. them and two other teams. I think they also Three. get Sass. Sass yeah. is in their league, too. Okay, so there's Friends three the teams. Show. Morty's yeah. killing it. So you're 10 and 6 among three teams. Yeah, pretty and much. You're in the top 10. That works Garrett, out. 500 got you first in that conference. We had the Sass guys on. Okay, this year we got to admit, guys, this year's a complete joke, though, isn't it? Like... Uh, on the ranking, so how are we going to, everybody's only playing a handful of teams. How does this make sense? But I'll tell you guys, for me, when I was uh, playing, which is, I'm not going to say how many years ago, I'll let you go comment down below how many years ago. Um, it was a long time ago. Uh, we, we always felt like we were shafted on the rankings. Like we always felt like there was a lack of respect for certain teams on the rank. And we felt like we were one of them. Like we were always, you know, in the top two or three in the o, in the OUA in the Ontario League, and I feel like we were never in the top ten, like ever. Even though we made two semifinals at the Nationals, um, you know, my last two years, but just didn't get that respect. Do you guys feel the same way? Maybe you don't because you're in the Can West. Everybody loves you guys. It could have also been because you lost to Mac every year in OUAs. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, is that why we shouldn't be in the top ten, or why we shouldn't have been number one? Did it go five? I don't know. Did it go five? Does that matter? <laughs> yeah, I think so. How many, how many losses did you guys have if it's based on losses? Well, yeah, we had two or three losses every season. Every season I had two or three losses only. So I was like, how does this judge? Like, they judge the stat line? Like, or is it just people's opinions of how good this team is? Because if it is, Josh, you may be right. We need to start this. I think it is opinions because I was talking to somebody who plays out West College and they were getting upset that the rankings kept moving with Ontario teams. But Ontario's season was delayed, Garrett. They didn't play first semester and they were delayed in second semester. It's like Humber's second in the nation at zero and zero. And you got teams in like the ACAC and teams in the Pac West actually fighting and playing. That is a complete joke. second in the nation. Like That is a straight up joke. (laughs) Zero, zero. You're in the top 10. Congrats. You're number two. We know they're good for it, though, Garrett. We know they're good for it. It's Humber. We know they're good for it. Yeah, like, what? Do we? Do we know that they're good for it? Queens is fifth at five and one. That's how it's it's done, yeah. Like, I think we cracked the code. Yeah, like, how do I get on that team? Just gifted number second. Like, I mean, ahead of you guys, directly, is Queens at six and one. So six and two is worse than you both, but six and one, yeah, no, way better. It's it's losses, I'm telling you. And in it's the OUA what? East, like RMC and Trent are there, so you can't tell me it's the stronger division, can you? Can you? I I don't know. I we idea. don't. Okay, hold on though. I think we put more thought into this than they have. Yeah, but like seriously, there's four dudes. We know volleyball. We play volleyball. We're around. I mean, maybe these two guys more than us, Josh. But yeah, anyways, we'll piggybacking a little bit. Four here. volleyball people. We can't make heads or tails of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that there was a there's a big controversy about I think it was three years ago because they changed the way that the algorithm was done and they had it one time where Thompson Rivers played U of A in quarters and Thompson Rivers beat yeah. U of A in the quarters of Can West, but. They uh, Thompson Rivers wasn't allowed to go to nationals because U of A was ranked higher in the national ranking. 
and there was this whole controversy about that. Yeah, I think it was 2019 maybe or something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, that was in our that was in our second year when they had um, that big right side. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Tim Dobbert. Yeah, Tim Dobbert. That yeah. should be the kind of thing, Josh, that we know about, that kind of controversy and craziness. But I, I, I have no idea what they're talking about. We're just yeah, well, well, this was years ago, Garrett. This was years ago. Yeah, well, it was like two years pre-COVID, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. that's yeah. a different time. That is a different <laughs> world. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, like because it does matter when you get to nationals. They base the seating mostly off the top 10 and kind of the results right. from your division. So, you know, it felt like, you know, some some divisions now. And this is the thing. This is the problem you get into, though, is like strength of division as like a thing you think about. Well, some years, what if that division is stronger? Yeah, it might be an outlier, but now you're already like discounting certain teams because, oh, they didn't finish first in their division. But we regularly have teams who don't win their province, go to nationals and medal or even win. The year Colton won a national championship, I think he finished third in Canada West, right? Like it's Yeah. So, yeah, my first year, we uh, lost to Alberta in that semi and then beat Winnipeg. And then we got to go to nationals. We won nationals. And then in my third year, we lost to Alberta in the semis again. And then, it, but it was only top two that went to nationals. So we were in like the same situation as in my first year. We just didn't go to nationals. Yeah. So that is unbelievable. Same situation. The first year you win nationals. Yeah. The next year you're not going. Sorry, you're not invited. <laughs> like what? What What are we doing here, Josh? It sounds like none of us really disagree here. We all think this thing is kind of stupid. Well, it has but to could we do it like... better, Garrett? Could we do it better? Like, now, I'm by not we, sure. do you mean us the seeding, so or the, the general like, some, we? Sometimes, like, Canada yeah. Westland gets two seeds in nationals, and then, like, the OUA gets three or whatever, or Quebec gets two instead of one. So, like, I feel like year to year it changes. Um, this yeah, year, like, I would West agree with you that Canada West is pretty strong, but this year with your everyone makes playoffs, it's just hard for me to get on board with. Well, now it comes down to uh, Grant McEwen and, and Fraser Valley battling it out. We play Grant McEwen this weekend, and if they get a win off us, they'll be going to playoffs. And if they don't, then Fraser Valley. Give them a win. Just throw it. <laughs> Give them Do that win. Play spoiler. You can say we had the toughest conference. We all made playoffs. Yeah, but having Grant McEwen at, let's say if they win, they get, what is the record, like 2-15. and 15. Maybe they'll be ranked 6th because they beat us and we're ranked 7th right now. Who knows? Do it. Oh, Do sure. it. Let it happen. Two and fifteen, they make playoffs, <laughs> and and they get a rank boost maybe because they beat a top team. <laughs> Two and fifteen in the top ten. There you go. We need that. Like, and see. What is in the way of making that happen? Because I w- I would put some effort into seeing that through. Uh, more sponsorships for the podcast. We'll we'll get talking then. Yeah, it's not in the budget. That's the problem. We have literally no money. I think we've we've said that a few times. We said that on the episode you were here, Tom. It has not changed <laughs> since you were it's last. It's almost a year now. Yeah. It, <laughs> have we been doing this over a year, Josh? Oh, maybe. And we're still garbage. I don't know. 300 views on YouTube. What is that? Like five cents? That's pretty decent. Hey, watch it, Colton. Okay. <laughs> Watch you talking to about that. That five cents goes a long way. Okay, it's not even five cents because we're not monetized. You need a thousand subscribers to be monetized. Uh, <laughs> well, has, so it's has zero. Has Yes Guy Gaming been doing any shoutouts for for this podcast or what? Yeah, I yeah we we've been. I said this a few weeks ago. Like we can't even get a shout out from Yes Guy Gaming. Like Yes Guy okay. Gaming won't even support the show, which is really a huge problem because it's my channel. So I, I should. <laughs> Be able to help myself out, but no. We had to create our own channel for Sharp Cuts because it was sewering Yes Guy and it was ruining it. It was a big problem. Posting on Yes Guy Gaming was hurting Yes Guy Gaming. That's a huge insult to this show, Josh. We had to move it because it was hurting my other other thing that I do. Hopefully you don't feel that way about passing dimes. Hopefully this is bringing some benefit to passing dimes. (laughs) It seems like you guys are pretty prepared for passing dimes and... uh... I don't know, maybe it worked for this one, so I'd maybe say something. <laughs> hey, what? What? You saying, you saying Josh came in prepared to passing dimes? I think so. I think we had a great a pretty chat. wholesome conversation, yeah. Well, this is not that show, Colton. <laughs> okay? This is not a wholesome conversation. We solved nothing here. Okay, we can't even solve the top 10. 
We can't even figure it out or offer any better suggestions. Wait, so it seems that I can have a good conversation with Josh and Tom can have a good conversation with Josh. Well, we didn't establish that yet. Here, we didn't establish that Tom can have a good conversation with Josh yet. No, he's been on Pass and Dimes. He's been on Pass and Dimes before. But I can yeah. also have a good conversation with Josh because I was on Pass and Dimes too. And also, Garrett and I are in the same family now, so we should be able to have a good conversation then. Yeah, so I think it's you, Colton. <laughs> You're bringing okay. this whole thing down. Okay, listen. For our listeners, Colton was on Passing Knives episode 190. Go check it out wherever you get your podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's smart. Spotify, Google That's Play. smart cross-promotion right there, and that's just something we have not been doing really that well. <laughs> also, hit subscribe like if you're it. watching or check us out. I mean, all those things. So If you've made it this far, also, thank you. Yeah, if you made also it, follow me on Instagram, too. Yes, we never do that. <laughs> Although, if anybody's not following us on Instagram and watches the show, I would not believe. That would be hard to believe. Yeah. How did you find us? Let us know oh, in the sure. comments below. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to know that. <laughs> All right. We, this is how the show goes, boys. We devolve quickly, and I feel like this is the farthest we've devolved in a long time. So I'm going to attempt to rein it back in to close out this point. Do we have any suggestions for improving the top 10, or are we at a complete loss? Remove it as a whole. I don't know. Get rid how of it. Just get rid of it. I don't know. Like, how do you rank it? How do you value a team? I don't know. Yeah, like, if you do rankings, Gary, you are valuing this team ahead of the other team, versus if you just do, like, spotlights or this team on the rise or you talk about somebody who had a good weekend, I think as a fan, you still get the benefit of, like, promoting a team, but it doesn't actually, like, start comparing the math like we just tried to that makes no sense. Winnipeg at 10-6, and six, that can't be right as the 10th seed right now. Well, I mean, Maybe. Like, where would they be on our top 10, Josh? Because what if we enter the fray and offer a competitor to their top 10? I don't even know if we would acknowledge the central division on the men's side, would we? (laughs) (laughs) Or or the eastern division, because apparently to you, they're irrelevant as well. (laughs) Right, right. If you so just owe you and Ken West, Trinity's one. We can all get on board with that. If you owe you and Ken West, but also according to us on this show, it would take the Can West's third All-Star team before the OUA could really compete. So, really, we just make a Can West top ten. Oh yeah. Listen, I'm in Vancouver now. I'm a full trader. Too. Yeah. Oh. I'm a full trader now, Josh. You got three Can West guys over here in your grill. <laughs> I'm a Can West guy now. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> no actual you know they, reasoning why. They uh, they could do where a, they could have a pre like two preseason tournaments and then two midseason tournaments that you have to play teams from different conferences and then they could base rankings off well off of that. I don't know. Shark could also get on board with that. You know what? That's value. a really it's a really great idea, and I'm certain it will never happen because the budgets are too low. It's yeah. never going to happen. Nobody well, got any any money or yeah, time for that. We're not the NCAA. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. Like, could you imagine though? You know how fa- how crazy your schedule is. Imagine, I don't, I don't know when, being kind of forced or encouraged to like go in the middle of that to play a tournament somewhere else. Some everyone's got to travel. That counts towards the rankings, like when you want to rest guys or like try different yeah. lineups. Like, mm-hmm. what could go towards just the national rankings? It doesn't affect your actual conference rankings. It could just affect your. So like, everybody goes, plays the box squad, <laughs> plays the bench. Hey, it could happen. You never know. Test, real test of depth there. I mean, I support it. Josh, I think we should make our own top 10 and just email it to all the coaches because that's basically what their top 10 is. Yeah, theirs isn't more official than ours is. Well, (laughs) well, they, right? I mean, they vote. They all vote on it, I'm pretty sure. No, I think it's an algorithm now. Didn't Tom say it's not a vote anymore? It's It's an algorithm based on whatever. I know it used to be, and I know they've changed it a bit around, but I don't know. It, I've probably. I know right, let's not try to figure out. Oh, there is a, there is a number here, the ELO. Oh, the ELO. Yeah, I think, ELO. I, I think at the beginning of the season, they usually have like a coach's poll, and then I think the algorithm, like they introduced the algorithm. I don't know what year it was, but like it was while Tom and I were in university. I can draft uh, something up, send it to a few people, Garrett. It'll be official. How Maybe. about how about the GJO? What's the up? Garrett Josh algorithm? Yeah. yeah. The, the Garrett Josh, GJQ, the Garrett Josh quotient. We'll just make up a number that we'll arbitrarily assign because how the hell do you, <laughs> what does it even matter anyway? Just gets four. people talking. It, you, you, Calgary gets a four. UBC gets one. Negative two. 
<laughs> what does that mean? How do you we'll argue it? Know. I don't know. We'll All right. Now, segmenting, not so gracefully, because uh, this is a show. We got to actually keep things moving uh, and maybe try to solve some stuff. We do a segment where every week, and we've started doing this. I forget who suggested it, uh, but it was a good suggestion. We'll see if the fans like it. Nobody's commented. Where we do players of the week and clowns of the week, where we each select, and it could be a player or really anybody, who really went over and above and accomplished something worthwhile, notable enough that we would call it out this week. So we usually throw this at our guests without any sort of preparation beforehand. So hopefully you guys have some thoughts about who you're calling out as player of the week. But really where it gets interesting is where we get to the clowns of the week, where we try to call out somebody who's just been an absolute clown this week and really needs to be called out and set straight. So I'm ready to go. These guys are probably not. Let's give them some time for their players of the week. Josh, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Well, let's go. So this one was was coincidental, Garrett. I was doing some research for the show, and then he texted me to offer to come on the show. But I don't know if you know, Garrett, Tom Sora, they beat U of A twice this weekend. And in one match, he had 40 assists. The other match, he had 46. Uh, apparently, we were talking before the show, he played left side for a few points because it was seniors night and they had to get everybody on the court. My player of the week, coincidental that he's on the show tonight, Thomas Sora. Thanks. <laughs> Why should you get for? Disgusting. Absolute, absolute <laughs> pandering, fence sitting, people pleasing <laughs> nonsense by you, Josh. They beat U of A, though. Those are two big wins. And they did it at home. I think our men's sitting team was in the crowd. It was Tom's senior night. There's so many good things happening, Garrett. Get on board. Unbelievable. Bandwagon. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, congrats, Tom. I mean, it's a huge deal to get player of the week from Sharon. I don't feel congratulated. I don't feel it. Now, now, was he going to pick himself as player of the week and you've just ruined it? I hope so. Because it would be a great move to pick. I would have definitely approve of somebody picking themselves as player of the week. It hasn't happened yet. You I may do it if I ever do something worthwhile, which we're still waiting. Sure. Um, so it's funny because my player of the week is also from that same, those same games. In fact, from the same team but for a completely different reason. So you gave it to Tom, I think mostly because he's on the show. But I think somebody on his team, Hamish Hazelden, was actually dominant in those games. 24 kills in one match on 54 attempts. That's a Garrett May stat line, Josh. Was 33% efficiency, got set 54 times in one match. That's, that's a lot of sets. And Tom, you know he was making you look good. And that's why absolutely. you kept setting him more than double the next closest guy. <laughs> oh, For, absolutely. Forget spreading the offense. Just set that guy. Player the of the week. Five points are meant for, uh, for you know, establishing offense, and then the rest of the four sets are just for setting your hot hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can absolutely see that um, and, in the stats. And, hey, can't, can't lie with the results. So well done, Hamish. Congrats, Player of the Week. Uh, your shirt is not in the mail. Um, okay, so those are the Players of the Week. Um, hopefully you guys understand. Who should we uh, throw under the bus first, Josh? Uh, I think Colton looks ready. He, I think he knows what he's doing here. Um, right. for, for Players of the Week? Yeah. Um, okay, I actually got two because I couldn't decide. Oh, boy. Um, A regular sorry, Josh move here. <laughs> <laughs> um. The first one I, I had to, he's from my team. Um, <laughs> he doesn't get a whole lot of playing time. He's a, he's a 30 left side, Duncan Clark. He, uh, he came in uh, first game against UBCO and it was, yeah, it was like one of the first games that he's played and he hit like 670 or something like that. Got like nine kills and was super efficient. So that was pretty nasty to see. I mean, mad respect there. And it's not the first time we've had a team shout out. And for an actual yeah. game, we've had a few team shoutouts where they didn't actually play any games. It was a practice shoutout. So I fu we fully approve here. Fair enough. And then uh, the second one, because just, this just came out today. Yourself. Uh, Yourself. No, no way. Uh, Matt Shand got player of the year in the college level. So uh, shout out to him. That was big. We should have known that. Matt Shand, congrats. Player of the, the year. The West is done. The OUA has played two weekends. Or OCAA, excuse me. Yeah, I think their regular season's done. Or at least maybe they have, like, one more weekend or something, but I just know that all, like, the awards just came out today, so. That's a power trip move to finish your season well before the other conferences, name your player of the year, and give the big middle finger to the other division saying, we're coming and you're screwed when we arrive. <laughs> so, congrats. Hey, great. You know what? Two great players of the week. I got to say, that's some wholesome Thank content you. right there that we're not used to on this show. So, appreciate it, Colton. Okay, Tom, Thank last you. but not least. 
Player of the week. Well, since Josh picked me, of course. Yeah, uh, you can't. I mean, you can't. I, I mean, you could, but don't. I could, but uh, I'm going to join his his team and and pick two guys because I can't decide either. And uh, unbelievable, you one too. of them. One of them actually more of like a month player, uh, and it's my first options. Maddox Breeze, uh serving oh, up 14, 14 aces in uh, a three set match against Ambrose and set the ACAC college record. In Alberta, that's wrong week. Insane. That was too long ago. Yeah, I already used that. I mean, that. we I gotta call you because Josh already pulled that one a few oh, weeks did. ago. Player so. of the week, Tom. It has to be in a week of time here. Player of the week. Okay. Uh, player of the week. Okay. I choose a guy from back home in Toronto. Uh, doesn't play anymore. However, he is affiliated with volleyball, and it's actually Andy Koss. He uh, just got a job as a part-time teacher at St. Michael's College School. You know what? Yeah. That is probably it's the best player of the, player of the week this week. A full-on life player of the week. Congrats, yeah. Andy. I mean, it is tough out there for volleyball players trying to find work. So, well done. I mean, yeah. respect. Great players of the week, Seriously. you guys. Yeah, what the hell? Thank you. <laughs> on, on the spot, pick two. I mean... He couldn't narrow it down to one. But pick two that were all, like, feel good. Warm and fuzzies inside. Like, what the hell, guys? All right. Now let's really get interesting, though, because the clowns of the week are really where I like to turn things up. So. (laughs) All right, Josh, are you ready? Yeah, I I don't really like this segment, Garrett, but I do have one. Stop it. uh... You love this segment. (laughs) So I'm just going to go with the OUA in general. And one small example here, Garrett. So. Brock, their next three games are against Waterloo, Waterloo, and Waterloo. So I know it's like you shrink your conferences and they want to narrow down travel. I think they're going to play 11 games this year and five are going to be against Waterloo. So I don't know who made the schedule or how you factor in your your 16 conference, but this is worse than the Central Can West Division where every other weekend you play the same team. This is like bananas, Garrett. Their next three games in a row are against the Waterloo Warriors. Hopefully they're rival. If it's like a lopsided game, how does Waterloo even enjoy going to practice for the next two weeks? So who is the clown there? The OUA schedule maker. This is this is hard to follow. <laughs> you this love calling out the administration. Yeah, for your yeah, clowns of the week. Is, okay? This is terrible. You, is you're terrible. an organizing organizing guy, and you've done that a few times. I've done that a few times. We like to call out administration, but we're burning bridges, Josh. Nobody's going to hire us to do any sort of commentary or anything because we t- called them all clowns. Could be, but this is like a baseball schedule. They're going to play the same team three days in a row. Well, like not three, three days in a row. Sorry, they three play days them 23rd, in a row. Twenty fifth. Uh, th- no, it's spread out over like two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that is a complete joke. Like, go play, go home, come back a week later to play them again. So they play on a Wednesday night to start, and then they'll play on the following Friday, and then they'll play not that Sunday, but the following Sunday. So you're just watching tape against you versus them again and again and again. It's it's a uh... Yeah, I feel for the guys. All right. Yeah, well, that are, they like making, are they making up for other matches that they've had to skip, or what are they doing? They, I, I don't know. We don't that know. Make, <laughs> Hard to say. It's a weird year. This weird. This year is a weird year. The half COVID year. So I mean, but one thing, and I'll go clown of the week next. One thing that does not change is the stat lines because you are playing the games. Stats are being recorded. And I, I, I feel bad because I'm repeating myself from last week, but there were a few stat lines that I feel like I had to call out, Josh. So Toronto and Ryerson had a barn burner. They had a fifth set match, exciting back and forth, 30-32 in the first set. It was an exciting match. But nestled into exciting matches are usually pretty awful stat lines. So for UFD, Evan Filardo went 12 kills, 14 errors on 40 attacks. Zane, ne- why are you feeding him more balls? Negative 5%. He, 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 Zane only set two guys, apparently, Falardo and Newert, because it was 40 and 44 sets each. But Newert, 24 kills, Falardo 12, and hitting very negative. So, But that's not the worst stat line in the match. On the other side, <laughs> on Ryerson, we had Nicholas Hudson. Sorry, Nick, but you got to get called out for this stat line. Two kills... Eight errors on 12 attacks. So you got set 12 times, and eight of them were errors. Two of them you scored, great. But for a negative five, like 50% efficiency, genuinely, not like one for two. Negative 50%, he also missed five serves. So And they kept him on. And they probably kept him on too. Yeah, they well, he played five sets. 
So I don't know what's going on there, John Barrett. Maybe you got a a whole ray of clowns in that game for my clowns of the week. (laughs) Well, the worst was when we had Jasper on the show, Evan was his player of the week just because what he did at practice that week. I guess it didn't transfer to the games, Garrett. No, it apparently did not. I mean, 14 errors is a lot. They're ranked fourth in the country with Evan hitting 12 kills on 14 errors and 40 attempts. And we had Zane on the show, and we were talking tactics and what setters do and all this stuff. Apparently, he just sent two dudes. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely what happened. And they're ranked fourth in the country. I mean, congrats to UFT, but clowns of the week. Absolutely. So we'll throw it over to you guys. Who are you going to call out? Let's go with Tom this time. Tom, who's your clown of the week? So I'm uh, I'm going to kind of go against uh, you here, Garrett. And my clown of the week is actually Hamish Hazelden. What? Yeah. Player of the week and clown of the week in the same week. Yep. This is unprecedented. We need to hear why, though. There's no precedent for this. So... He, uh, I don't know if you know, he's, he's a right side. So the first night we played U of A, uh, I'm front row, he's back row. I think, I think it was like S2, so he's, he's stacked in position five. And there were two serves that were blown 20 bricks out the back. And as he's running into position one, jumps in the air and it just clips him twice in one match. That's, you, you're lucky to see one of those happen once a season per conference. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Like jumping to try to avoid it because it's out. Yep. And hits him. Hits him twice. Twice. In the same match. When you could just like not move. Not move. And it's out. And it's out. Yeah. Wow. You know what? That's big. To do that twice and then have yeah. the stat line that he did. I mean, clown and player of the week. Well deserved on both ends. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you're making history here, buddy, and I appreciate it. Amazing. Learning so many things. We should have university guys on more, Josh, because I love hearing this stuff. All right, (laughs) Colton, over to you. Clown of the week. Oh, yeah, this is tough. Um, I I don't love calling guys out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is my favorite. I'm I'm aiming myself as clown of the week. What? Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll tell you why. The self-clown of the week? Wow. I do have someone else kind of in mind, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why myself first. Okay. So it was my senior night on Saturday, and I knew that I wasn't playing left side. Um, I, like, kind of tweaked my knee a little bit, but I'm, I'm fine. But I wasn't, like, jumping at all. And but I knew I was going to play Lombero on Saturday. And I was hyping myself up and hyping myself up to the teammates, and I was like, man, I'm going to get so many digs tonight. And I think I got three digs the entire night. And I was like the defensible barrel. We're playing two, like the two lib system. And I got three digs the entire night. Not many balls hit at me, but three digs the entire match. That was, that was pretty tough when I was going off about, I'm just going to stand there and just take balls and dig so many of them. And uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I, I got to approve, Josh. Like, three digs <laughs> as a stat line has been mentioned on this show before as a terrible stat line. I, I have to libero. I, yeah, yeah. the libero. I have to look it up because we, we have to confirm this. I think I only had, like, five attacks on me. So, honestly, that's not, that's not terrible. Three for five. Yeah, that's but, not bad. But Maybe I, if you did, like, I, a celly or, like, push-ups after every dig or something like that, that would help. But uh, I was getting pretty hyped. It got to the point where... Um, my coaches were just laughing at me. I was like in the halfway through the second set and I hadn't like touched a ball yet. Like not even close to a dig. And, I think and your I, like, coaches are laughing one. at you. Yeah. Cause they're like, man, maybe you'll get one soon. Like you'll, you're bound to get one. And it just like, I just wasn't getting any until I think uh, like max help or something tip the ball. Yeah. When you're the defensive it. lib, how do you even warm up? Like, do you even do anything like you pepper and that's it? Like you, you pepper, you kind of jog. No, no, he and... doesn't know because it's not working. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, it didn't I, work. I gotta find something else. I gotta figure out something else. <laughs> well, I heard a I heard a story once, and uh, it's about actually uh, the U of T men's volleyball team, and the way that they prep their defensive liberos. Apparently, what JB John Barrett does is uh, if if their defensive libero is not having a great game, he'll take them into the corner of the gold ring and just start unloading balls constantly at their forearms, just to get used to the impact, and then throw them back in the game. That's what I heard from some of the guys. I don't know if it's true, but apparently that's uh, that's a tactic, in-game now, tactic. 
Now, does it work? Sounds crazy. Know. Does Sounds it work? Crazy, but if it I works, I, how are you going to argue with that? If it doesn't work, know. harsh. <laughs> harsh. <laughs> Very harsh. Yeah. I can verify. I'm looking at the stats right now. Colton Liu, three digs. And that's, wow. that's literally, it's zeros across the board in three <laughs> digs. Zero, 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 zero. <laughs> three digs. <laughs> three digs. So, I, I mean, digs than that as a left side. <laughs> I, I got to approve the self-clown of the week. But, yeah, I mean, the, the honesty, the vulnerability to call yourself out like that. I mean, respect. <laughs> now, you said you had somebody else in mind, though. I'm super curious who that was. Are you going to name them uh, or are you, are you, you, gonna, yeah. you can't? I, I can I can name them. Super nice guy, uh, Tyson Ariel from UFD. Um, this was I guess last weekend. We're going harsh on Super- UFD this week. <laughs> <laughs> no UFD UFD yeah yeah not UFD. Um, yeah, oh, he's you- been sick. He's been he's been a sick middle for them, and he's been playing well all season. But um, our libero has been playing left side, and he's chucking up spinsters and. There, I think we're just we're crushing them on the second night, and Tyson Smith, like a little bear, not Tyson Ardell, but Tyson Smith throws up a spin serve. Tyson Ardell's like standing on the attack line, and Tyson Smith is a lefty, and it just like curls and just knocks Tyson on his feet, like it hits, hits him in like the throat as like a middle somehow. He got hit and in the throat with a serve, with a serve, and he was not a passer. He was standing on the attack line straight up and it hits him like in the throat and he like falls over. <laughs> so that's, that's, Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I've I seen that happen as well. And it is, uh, but a passer, I've seen a passer do that, but never oh, somebody yeah. who's not pa- like trying to get out of the way of the ball. Next shot. We, uh, Zach Johnson, one of our, our other setter, um, back in my second year, um, we were playing against MRU. And on back-to-back balls, he was he was in position one, and Tyler Schmidt crushed some spin serves down the line, and both times it hit him in the chest. Back to back. What has happened to these? Yeah, what is going on? I mean, I, I got to respect the guy who's ripping the serve. So there's obviously a high level of of ability there, but then also on the other end, a very low level of awareness happening there as well. Yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> I mean, that's what makes our game beautiful, though, isn't it, Josh? And, I mean, guys, I think that is a very well-rounded, well-executed players and clowns of the week. Maybe maybe our best ever, Josh. Could be, because the first time we did this, Gary, you wanted a preemptive. We did a recording for the upcoming weekend, and I was way off because I actually selected Colton, but that was when he tweaked his knee and he didn't play that weekend. So he was my preemptive player of the week, and uh, he didn't come through for me, Garrett. He didn't come through. But he's on the show Sorry. now, so that's, like, coming through for me now. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've learned since then. And <laughs> he also has learned, apparently, because he gave himself Clown of the Week. <laughs> so, so there's that. Okay. Now, moving on, because that is a lot of clowns and players, and we called out a lot of people, and everybody hates us already. If you're still listening, thank you so much. Um, the one thing I did want to talk about you guys with is because I was thinking about the, like, okay, we got two indoor guys in the show. What are we going to talk about? You know, and people love to talk about volleyball. People love to talk about volleyball strategy. Josh is definitely one of them. So I know which side of the fence he's going to sit on this one. But I'm curious your thoughts on like, what is the level of strategy and strategic ability that we have in the sport of indoor volleyball? Like, do we, is it really just an execution game? Or do we find that week to week, oh yeah, we're making a lot of adjustments that are really impacting what's happening in the results of the game? Well, the reason I laugh, Garrett, is when we had Colton on the show, I wanted to know the secret of his spin serve and how he's just cracking this thing and how he's getting so many aces. And he kind of laughed off the question when he was on the show, Garrett. He was talking about, I I go up and I hit it as hard as I can and I try to put a little bit of hook on it. I was like, are you sniping this seam? Are you picking on this pass? He's just like, no, I just try to be like in a calm flow state and just go up and crack it. I was like, that's the secret? I wasted a whole episode, but then he turned out to tell some other stories and it worked out. But uh, I was looking for intel, Garrett. He had none. He had none. One of the best servers in eSports had nothing for me. Well, so it sounds like... I definitely Cold have agree. some intel, but I had to keep it close to my chest, you know? Oh, okay. oh no. Oh, that's BS. That's BS. No way. So, well, then, are you saying that, yeah, there's a lot of strategy involved into things like that or the team systems and all that, or is it really just execution, just toss it up and hit it as hard as you can? Um, I would say, I don't, I don't know how you guys are, Tom, but I would say our team is very strategic. Like, we... Um, 
game plan every week as I'm sure everyone does, but we break down stats, break down different shot angles, shot charts. Uh, we do a lot of game planning and then we kind of, um, yeah, kind of practice it or defending certain things. Or if we know that, I don't know, they have like a weak um, D ball hitter, like, well, oh, we got to push this week or something like that. So it's, it's um, yeah, definitely very strategic based. And then it's, okay, how do we execute the game plan? So it's a, it's a little bit of both, but I would say really heavy on the game plan and then just making sure that we execute that game plan well. I mean, yeah, we're the same way. I think it's the same across the board probably for every team. Like, Absolutely yeah, is not the same for every team. Okay, example. Give me I an example where it's not the same. Western men's volleyball, 20, 2010 to 2014. Like, <laughs> let's go, boys. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go, purple. Yeah, like... And, and I would argue, and, uh, you know, because strategy. So what do we mean by strategy, though? Like actually making yeah, intelligent, thoughtful decisions about what you do based on your opponent. Right. Are we all on the same page there? I got like we got to have a yeah. shared definition here. But, you know, I get that there's some. OK, you got to know what your opponent does to try to stop them. And I think that makes sense. But to me, the level of depth there, how deep can we really go? Okay, this left side, does he hit line? Does he hit cross? Or does he hit seam? Or does he tip? I mean, and what are we really going to do? Okay, we're going to block him line? Or we're going to block him cross? Like, is there really a, a high level of depth to what we do in our sport? Or do we just like to think it's a lot more intricate than it actually is? Well, for, for you sports, obviously, it's, it's not as high level as professionally or FIVB, but you could have players on rosters that are just weaker in general than like the, with the matchups. So that's also taking into account, like if you want to run a certain style of offense based off of their weaknesses, right? And then you kind of feel the flow of the game and then go either away from it or keep it going. Uh, and then also Oh, so that's on what you were you... doing when you were only setting the one guy. You had the matchup advantage there. Yeah, and then just hit two balls. Yeah, nothing else. Right, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, I get that, but I would yeah. question how much we really actually, actually do that, or actually try to do that. You know, like, if you have your best attacker, like as a setter, Tom, you want to try to get your best attacker in the best position to score. But if your yeah. best attacker is not in a great position to score, you're probably going to still set them a fair amount of times more than the other guy who's not your best attacker, right? Like... Uh, it depends though, right? It really depends on how they're playing the game, where like their matchups as well. Like I've had it where I've had my left sides who are, who are undersized. They're both like six three, six two, six three, and they've popped off on some games and I don't even use the big man that much. Like he won't get that many kills because I'm just either using him as a decoy more so because our left sides are lighting it up or whatever it is. I think it just depends on how you establish everything, right? Um, kind of go from the middle and then spread outwards and then see the feeling of how everyone's how everyone's acting and right. performing. So not a strategic decision, an execution decision. Set the well, hot that's hand. More, that's more on our side. But at the same time, I've had it where it's been a super tight scenario. Ball's been passed to like two. Uh, I have my big man right beside me. Could, should I just lay him up an easy good set, have a double block and have him hit OT? Or should I pump a shoot to the left side and give my my left side a, a single block even though he only has two kills and it's a four set match what do you do right i've pumped it out and we've won on it so it's like it's all it, it's i don't know it depends it all depends i think it's yeah. i think it's a little bit like volleyball is a little bit different than other sports because it's pretty dynamic like it depends on i guess the play before what you can run mm -hmm. um whereas like i don't know football soccer you could probably like draw up plays where it's like someone's gonna run this and you're gonna pass that and you kind of like know that's probably going to happen in the game plan where it's like okay you can you can say okay we're going to run a, a 30 on this play but then if you get like a one pass like you're not running a 30 you just have to adapt and i think right. volleyball is a lot of adapting like you have like a base game plan where it's like okay we're gonna run a whole lot of middle pipe but if you're not getting the pass it's like that's that's where the execution part comes in of the game plan. Yeah, for sure. Now, I would question, though, because I think my point is we all I, I don't want to take say there's no strategy because you obviously make a plan. You got to check your team and decide what there's some things you have to decide what you're going to do. Right. Like, are we going to run more 30s with our middles or are we going to run 50? Are we going to run. What are we going to run? Like, what do we want to do? You, there is some of that. But the amount of things that we can actually change in our strategy 
I feel, and maybe I'm wrong on this, is such a small amount. Like Colton, as a left side, um, you play left side, right? Yep. Yeah, as a left side, like there were, I felt that there were only so many things that I'm ever actually making a call on. Am I, am I shading over to block the middle, or am I staying on my guy on the right side? Am I blocking line? Am I blocking cross? There's like really not that many decisions that I'm going to be making. Like, am I way off on that? I would say, I, I guess you you can simplify it like quite a bit like there's definitely not as many variables um yeah i i I think there is that i don't know you stumped me yes uh, yes josh mark it down josh that's one for me you're at negative five you okay you definitely have the game plan and so say if i'm if i'm blocking and i want to help out with the middle um that's going to be like that. But then if they pump out a D ball and then I got to figure out where to block that. So it's all just like making decisions in the moment based off, I guess like hitter depend, uh, uh, tendencies. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's why I think the sport like really requires both the game plan piece and then the adaptability to be able to make which decision. Cause yeah, there's not that many variables, but there is one to three decisions you can make at that certain time. And yeah. you kind of got to know which one it, both will give you the highest percentage of winning the point and which kind of correlates with the, with the game plan. So in other words, you're saying both are important and you're going to be a fence sitter like Josh nickel. <sighs> That's a little offensive, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Josh. It's highly offensive. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I it's a good point because, yes, I don't want to say um, – I think what I'm questioning, and maybe I'm maybe I'm poking at a little bit of an interesting spot with you two guys, and Josh, you're a big culprit of this for sure, is we in volleyball like to think that the game is intelligent and there's a lot of uh, strategy and, oh, good coaches and their team system. And, oh, yeah, it's really – when my argument is in actuality, execution, talent – gets the job done far more often than those things. You mentioned earlier, uh, Tom, the the higher levels and how oh, the team system, stuff like that. But how often do we see in, in the Olympics, even at the highest level, we're watching the best players go out there and do the best player thing rather than like it's a double block. To, doesn't matter. They're going out there and getting the job done to get the win type thing. So I, I'm questioning that instinct in us to think, oh, our sports, yeah, super intelligent and intricate. Well, is it really, though? But, I, but think I think that's that, the thing, though, is that you... Oh, I knew that would spark plan. it. Both of you jumping on me. <laughs> you you got to... You game plan to prepare for the situation, but it, once you're in that situation, it's your it's your choice to make it. So it's like, yeah, you can game plan to do this, and if, like, the best attacker is on a trip... Like, you want to triple the best attacker, you can do that, but, like, that doesn't mean they're not going to score. So, uh, again, it comes back to being adaptable because I think each play is very independent of each other. And I I agree with you, Garrett. Like, yeah, you make a really good point. Uh, Let's go, Josh. Mark it down. To, con- to contradict it, though, I think when where people get the idea of volleyball as an intelligent sport, I don't know if it's more so the brains of it or the split-second decision-making mm. ability, right? Mm. Because you you have such a short period of time to make a decision while factoring in 10 different things all in, like, a blink of an eye. Yeah, yeah. And then... What are you, what's your percentages of it being correct, yeah. right? And being able to make that decision super fast. Versus I like that. other sports where you have a little bit more time. For example, like with basketball, like you have more time with the ball. You know what I mean? You can yeah. kind of read everything. But no, with I, I like that a lot, Tom. Yeah. Bring intelligence to this show. From. Yeah, I, I'm shocked. Try my best. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What is, what is the smarts bringing to the show, you guys? I don't like it. But I do. But Josh. I don't I'm know how you swung the, these guys, Garrett. You're the you coach swung, guy. The coach really has very little to do with that split-second decision-making, which if that's what we want to talk about in intelligence in the sport, I am down. I love that. I'd love to talk about our best players as the people who have the best ability to do that. That seems to me to be like, yeah, I'm impressed by that. I want to watch the best in the world do that. But coaching? I mean, coach can maybe help you develop that in practice. But what the hell are they doing? And no, the player's got to make the call, right? 
you can help them develop. I think a good game plan is just really calming, Garrett. Like when you listen to Colton talk about oh, like the ten calming. decisions he's got to make. Well, if we're not prioritizing the D ball, it's either if this then that. If they pass a good ball, I'll stay and help. What with the happened middle. to C ball, my guys? Is it there. now D ball? It's, it's D. You're way behind. Garrett. What happened you're to C ball? I still call it C ball, girls, man. Yeah, I still like, call it C ball. Yeah, why? What? I miss <laughs> C ball. Can we call it C ball instead of D ball? Anyways, a good game plan would help him not treat like he's defending all 10 things at once. He's got a priority list in his head, and he's going to progress through it, and he's going to alert for certain things to happen. Or, Garrett, I've way complicated this too much. We're like, Let's say we're playing an Austrian left side, and he's a 440 hitter. But if you serve him short to his left, he drops to 242. So we want those odds, Garrett. So we're going to serve him a bunch short to his left, and maybe he roll shots more because he doesn't get a full approach. You're trying to like, oh, if we get him in this situation, we have a chance to earn more points, Garrett. So really, it's just overcomplicated. You still got to execute cute but a really good gameplay like i said is just a calming thing to not make it feel like we're defending everything it's he's still going to do three or four things we can just put those on higher alert interesting yeah, that is uh, a data volley answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah like way to bring way to try your best to bring numbers into this josh do, do you facts, two as current facts. players who actually play volleyball not like me uh, do you find that that is actually the effect that the game plan has on you it helps uh, it for sure helps. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely thinking it. about, yeah, I, I, I'm a big like percentages guy. And definitely if I know that like if you serve short and take out the pipe or like if you push the center over to four more, like maybe they won't set the long set, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a very like, yeah, just playing the percentages and kind of knowing the tendencies when they're in different so situations. How, is how often do you take that stuff into account? Like if, uh, let, let me use a really tough example. If data volley coach Josh Nickel comes to you and says, hey, you're actually higher percentage when you hit it line. Are you taking that and being like, all right, I'm going to hit more line? Potentially. <laughs> I would never no. just say hit more line. No. There would be a situation. What was the what uh, rotation were we in? Who were we hitting against Garrett? You got to find like the actual situation. You can't just like find the number and say, oh, so Garrett you're trying to calm really the guy down by telling him, hey, in rotation four, when you're passing out of position five and you hit line on that rotation, you hit a higher percentage. When we're playing Calgary and Tom Sore is in the front row, I would like you oh, to hit line four because Tom's not going to block you and the right side's not going to get a dig. He's probably going to try to dodge it and it's going to hit him on the way out so therefore we would like you to put the ball in zone one somehow you're fun right fact, that's good intel fun fact uh second out against uv i was their second highest blocker <laughs> so jordan canham didn't read the report then so. no i guess not it was the it was the partner disconnect there but rather than it being on the sand we had it when we played against each other on the hard court yeah i guess that's what it was i don't know i don't know well it sounds like what I'm getting is that Colton is a bit more of a Josh numbers guy, likes the game plan, and Tom, yeah, likes the game plan, but is a little bit more like, hey, I'm making the call in the moment. What's the best play? Yeah, Do I have that assessment? Played for productivity. Uh, yeah. That is yeah. my favorite thing in volleyball to watch, is like something interesting hits. happening. <laughs> I lo I'm not going to lie, I thought you meant your favorite thing to watch in volleyball is someone who played for Pac-Man. I was like, okay. That's the Pac-Man meter ball warm-up? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> No. Who said that? Did I say that? Because I take it back. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. That You're is not what I like to watch. Huge. I mean, listen, who doesn't love a huge bounce, though? Come on. Do you guys hit meter balls in yeah. warm-up? I hit one, uh, and that's it. We, uh, we used to, and then our coaches decided that it didn't help us at all. And <laughs> that is so the trend, I think. Yeah, we used to for a time, then we don't anymore. <laughs> I used to love hitting those. Those are like, yeah, I used to love them. We used to do, um, in BC, we do like spike competitions at, at high school provincials. And those were always my favorite thing to do. And I mean, we never won provincials for my high school. So it's kind of like, maybe I could win that, but, uh, <laughs> uh but maybe a bounce yeah, competition or two. A U sport bounce competition. U sport wide. be big. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Josh, mark it down. Ooh. It's not in the budget. We can't do it, but here's what we need. U sport bounce competition at nationals. And a U Sports short court competition at nationals. And volley tennis. Volley yeah. tennis. Ball do you set up do you mean volus? Volus. No, it's tennis. It's called tennis. Wasn't that wasn't that like a discussion that you guys had last week or something? Or I, you don't even the watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
At least I knew that though. No, we didn't though. (laughs) What? That was that was a few. I I might have been clown of the week for only getting that posted on Instagram. Now that was at least three or four weeks ago. Oh, I just you are clown of the week, Josh. Volley tennis is that what you guys call it? In Sass Garrett, they question it. They don't call it. They don't call it Volus, and they got on McKay about it when he renamed it. They wanted to kick him back to Ontario. Yeah, like I mean, it's the same thing. If what happens when you put volley and tennis together, what word do you get? Volus. Volus. So yeah, we're arguing like really though. semantics here. It's the same thing. No, yeah. they'll look at you. They'll kick you out of the gym, Garrett. They'll say no. It's tennis. See, I would argue if we're having an all-star competition at the U Sport thing, I don't want to see Volus. You want to watch a Volus competition? Could it be two liberos going back and forth for forty minutes? Yeah. But what other competition are the liberos going to do? Short court? No, they can't. They can't hit over the net. No, they can have John Barrett come up and pound balls at their forearms <laughs> and see how many they can dig. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These are really I mean, good ideas. Really yes. Good. Well, we also said we need to have a U Sport All Star competition. We pick oh, yeah. All Star teams, yet they never actually assemble and play. Why don't we, we do find that? The right facility, Gary. We got to have it at like Kerr Hall at Ryerson. We can't have a bounce off in Calgary because nobody's going to come close to the roof at all. So we we have to pick the right gym so it looks cool. If we did it at Kerr Hall with Ryerson, there'd be guys who could like double hop it off the roof probably. We'd just yeah, keep going. But, yeah, but you also want to be careful because if everybody's hitting the roof, then the roof doesn't become as special. Okay. You can do War, War Memorial is a pretty good one. For yeah, thing. that's a decent yeah. one. That is a place that not many of us have been or know about. And I'm talking about the listeners here, so. U- UBC. Uh, UBC. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah, I should, yeah. actually, I'm a Vancouver guy now, so I knew that. I was just speaking on behalf of the, uh, of the viewers, right? Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, guys, this is how the show goes. We get to a point where we have to ask the question, what did you think? I mean, we ask it to everybody, and, well, I won't tell you what we get, but, uh, Adam, what did you guys think? Pretty good. I think uh, we we said a lot of good things. Uh, Now it's more so actions need to be put to words. So, uh, yeah, we'll kind of go from there. Wait, so we have action items you're saying, Tom? That's just Tom's, like, hand answer after a team meeting. You know, you got to get pucks in deep. You know, it's all about winning games. Uh, I thought we had a lot of good things. That's just about doing it, boys. We got to get out there and get a win. Come on now, Red. Let's get one here. Yeah, like, no no lip service. What's our action items, Tom? Let's go, boys. Let's go. That's the action item? We do that every week. (laughs) I think our action item is, uh, Garrett, you just have to become more prepared for these conversations and then it might go better. Really? So you're saying (laughs) it went poorly. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm saying it was was good for a a candid conversation. But I think, uh, you know, before the conversation, you're like, I I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot of notes, you guys. uh, Mm. Yeah, I think that could have helped a little bit. All right. All right. Yeah, noted. I mean, I'll throw away the notes afterwards, but it is still noted. I think I got to get out to the UBC gym and watch a game or something. I don't know. Is that possible for me at this point? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just had our senior sign. So, like, we have to win our first pool of playoffs to host. And then Ben will host. All right. Well, you so better do that. Potential. Because then I have the yeah. option to. And if I don't show up, you can give me Clown of the Week. <laughs> Good will do. Josh, a volleyball gym to actually watch a game. Can you imagine it? I can't, but I, I live in Ontario. I'm not cool like you West Coast guys, but uh, I don't well, know. Would you enjoy a live volleyball game right now, Gary? You'd be too judgy, I think. I would enjoy it if it's interesting, and it sounds like like these guys' game plans. So there must be some sort of interesting things going on. So McEwen, Calgary, that's the game I think we've all circled on the calendar, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, that should be good. we need to see a McEwen win. We need to see Tom Sora, like, with probably 15 setting errors is what yep. we need to have happen. Like, double contacts. So, the whole first set, one-handed sets, no matter what. <laughs> Every set is a one-handed set. Have to be, for one full set. They get one freebie, and then the other four or five, whatever the other sets are, play normal. If we had money, that's mm. the type of thing we would spend it on, is getting bribing people to do stuff like that. Yeah, I guess the world's our oyster. We, we don't have money. Though, ahead so. of us, we don't so. have money. Though, so. Sorry, I, it's not in the budget. If uh, if U Sports had a betting thing like the NCAA did, would would you do that? <laughs> would I do this, the point spread? Or? Would I be corrupt and tell people to throw games? Yeah, yes. 
that's, that's the answer. I would want. I bet on you sport games? Yeah, that would be a tough thing though, because it's not nearly as competitive as some like pro leagues, right? I thought you were going to say NCAA. Yeah, I was like, oh. oh no, they they go on massive records as well. Like if a team, if you have teams just undefeated, it's like, well, you're going to bet on them. You're not going to win any money. Like your odds are going to be terrible. Who makes those odds, by the way, if they do that? People far smarter than us. What? ELO. ELO. I don't think Vegas loses too much. The The people who make that ELO. (laughs) 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 Ah, well, it's come full circle, boys. We've come back to this. So I think Uh, that's a good sign that we need to shut her down. So thank you guys so much for joining us. I mean, man, it was a blast. Even though, uh, Colton, you were on my case this episode. I got to say, you were coming (laughs) after me, which... It's refreshing because normally everybody gives us lip service and it's just being super nice and saying that at a great time and stuff when we need that constructive feedback, but we'll see if it ever holds. Josh, you got anything you want to say? No, thanks for listening. And thanks for coming on the show, guys. Tom offered Colton was one for one this week. Garrett on the guest ass. I mean, player of the week to Josh for that right now, because (laughs) two weeks ago we had a guy on. It was he was our ninth pick. Oh, wow. That doesn't bode well for him. And even that was maybe generous to what the truth was. Yeah. So being, <laughs> being one for one, I mean, it's super positive for this week. So well done, everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Tom, Colton, appreciate it. Check these guys out. UBC, Calgary men's volleyball. If you guys meet up, I don't know who I'm going to cheer for. Um, maybe Tom, because he's my family. Um, so I think maybe I'm biased there. But uh, appreciate your time. Hope you had a good time. And thank you all for listening so much. If you're still listening, there's maybe... The tens of people. Nah, the ones. That one person still listening. Comment down below. (laughs) Anyway, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you 